Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. What's going on? It's going good. It's going good. We're, we are rocking some awesome shirts. Man. Oh, we are. I mean... I am a little jealous about your shirt. I actually... I'm, I've been building up my Metroid collection. Yeah. I just got some, a new Amiibo, Dark Samus, and um, yeah, I, they... That's right, Dark Samus is up. And Richter. And Richter. I got Richter I, as well. I need to get Richter. Yeah. yeah. One of one um you, you mentioned Richter, it just got me thinking. Um the Netflix series. I started actually watching the anime um Castlevania. Oh, the Castlevania. Again. Yeah, I absolutely love that series. Have you, have you watched it? You kidding me? Okay, how many I, I mean I'm going I watched, through it. I watched season one and two, which that's it. That's all there is. That's season all one's is. not really a season. Yeah, I think there Did are like three episodes there. I watched yeah, Four. I watched this my I'm going. Four episodes? Four in season one, yeah. All right. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll and eight on season two. Second time through in the second season. You watch it, you watch oh, it twice. I love it. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. The second season is phenomenal. First season's like a good teaser. Right. And that's right. what I think that was, that's what it was. It was kind of like a little taste. See, yes. if, see if people like it. Yeah. You know, feel, putting feelers what, out what's there. What's the word? Uh, there's a word for that in TV industry. Pilot. Bingo. It was a pilot. And it was definitely season a pilot. two was like proof that they could. Yeah. That they could. Uh, hit it and all the little subtle references mm-hmm. the Castlevania references that they inserted into there well I mean it's, it is Castlevania but I, the um, I don't want to spoil it but you guys have had enough time yeah. um, <laughs> the uh, the bloody tears battle I'll just yes. call it that oh man yeah. when this started playing in the background I'm like this is this is freaking phenomenal I, I loved how uh, Trevor uh, was referencing like yeah this belonged to my uh, ancient great great whatever grandfather mm-hmm. leon and i'm yeah. like yes they're, they're like talking about leon belmont yeah, yeah. and and also oh, it's, it's just, a it's a it's very well done yeah. and it sticks to its kind of i guess kind of source material yeah, um yeah. yeah it's it's really really good and that's when you know when you mentioned richter and i'm like oh, i love that show it's funny you're you're mentioning this stuff because i have my my bite me mug bite me mug oh uh, and, with and the vampire teeth i i know we're getting off the rails here i <laughs> also started real. watching uh dracula it's kind of the bbc series how is that Whoa, the netflix Dracula. it's on netflix but i think it was it was it's just distributed by bbc okay so how it's like it? i think three episodes kind of like sherlock That's uh it? yeah it's only three episodes it's only three episodes an hour and a half be, it's supposed to be based on the bram stoker story. um yeah 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 it, it, I mean, I watched the first episode. I've been told to stick with it. It gets better type of thing. So, oh, so you haven't finished it. I have not finished it. So the first episode is an hour and a half? Yeah, they're all about an hour and a half. I don't know if you watched Sherlock oh, okay. with... Uh, so it's, it's, it's long. Mm-hmm. It's just only three iterations. Right. Three yeah, long Yeah, that's how BBC, for whatever reason, that's how they do it. Uh, Kind of like It. It. Yeah. The 90s. Yeah, uh, the mini. Uh, that was kind of like the a mini series. Yeah. And that's essentially what this is. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I've been, been watching that. I've been doing a little more TV because I haven't been able to play. I've been sick. Yeah. I've been dying. Usually when you're sick, you play a lot of games. I couldn't. I play a lot of games. I was, just, so. I was just miserable. I was so miserable. I'm still kind of sick now. You don't even now. have to get up. You just get the Switch and you lay in bed. Yeah, but you also got to remember, I have two kids. Yeah. It's like impossible. Hey, go home and rest, the doctor says. Yeah, okay. Who's going to watch my kids? <laughs> you know, no, it ain't, it ain't happening um so gameplay it was a little light for mm. you know the last probably week or two so you didn't play anything no i definitely did i've been definitely kicked it but ramped it up tremendously so what have you been playing oh what have i been playing i've been playing a lot actually recently um uh, still doing divinity original sin oh shocker yeah 
Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever put that game down. Uh, but I've been playing um, uh, a, a CRPG uh, called Ember. Yep. It, it was a mobile game initially. Uh, I think it came out maybe 2016. Uh, so it's about four years old, and they finally ported it over to the Switch. How's the uh, the movement mechanics? Is it drive or point and click? It is drive. Okay. Um, it's not like, I, I think in, um, is it Baldur's Gate? Kind of the newer ones that they just, it's kind of, you can do either yeah. or, I think, in that one. Yeah, you can. You can have kind of a classic point and click style, I guess. Or you can have the drive where, you know, everybody, one person moves and the party kind of follows. Yeah, and there's kind of good benefits to both of them yeah drive is sort of like a go-to then when you need finer control you're mm -hmm. kind of glad it has the point and click stuff still there right right uh but this one's definitely a, a driver and um I, i've kind of come to a conclusion and it's taken me a long time that i'm not a big fan of crpgs I think they're very much is this is this a crpg that's set in the old ways or is this like reflective of modern day crpgs no when because I think, that that's a there is a big okay, difference no. when i think of crpgs i'm talking uh pillars of eternity is probably the most recent crpg i can think of but then yep. you have your your never is it never winter baldur's gates kind of your older ultima uh, maybe i'm sorry uh you said one earlier what was that Divinity. Well, <laughs> which you've still playing. Now, now with Divinity, I don't that classify is, that as that a CRPG. Absolutely a CRPG. It, it is not. It is more turn-based tactical than it is a CRPG with a driver mechanic and, and mm -hmm. having to pause between every action um, yourself, which is, I think, the most obnoxious feature in a CRPG is just constantly having to almost micromanage uh, kind of like a faux real-time action. Or relying on the the smartness of your allies and that's a, and that's the i think the biggest problem is the is the uh, the party ai is generally not that good yeah. um whereas in divinity it's all player controlled well i think sad to say that crpgs which by the way you probably just haven't been playing the good ones like Wh I which think ones dragon age origins okay origins origins not the not the second one and Definitely not the Inquisition. Third Inquisition. Forget about Inquisition. Was a, Inquisition was uh, not a was, CRPG. It's not a CRPG. It was an okay game, though. No, it wasn't. It was an okay game. It was a great example of a game that <laughs> that was. Uh, let's not get into it. It was not a great game. <laughs> you mean overhyped type of game? Very much overrated. Because it won like game of the year at some place. No, I, I don't. Th I don't think it was game of the year quality. I think it was an okay game. It was bad. It was full of just filler. It, it was. There was definitely a lot of filler. I. I know. I could see that. Yeah. Anytime there's filler, like that's it. Your game is like almost dead to me. And and that is um. And that... mandatory filler. Like, no, yeah. don't do that. No, don't, don't. If it's optional, like side quests, right? I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I really like meaningful side quests, and that's kind of hard to come by yeah. and if the core of a game is great then i'll stick around and play the side quest mm -hmm. but if it if the if the core of the game isn't great then if it's at least good enough that i can beeline it 
and skip all the filler stuff, right? Then I'll stick with it. But. Or if side quests are there, just either to pad the game out or to just help you re- attain a certain level. Really, no again, yeah. no meaningful. But I, I think tactics there. I think the driver mechanic doesn't really work as well as you would like uh, when you're playing on console for a CRPG. But uh, Dragon Age Origins, right? It's very quick to queue up. Uh, it's a sort of hit space bar. You pause the action. You hit, uh, I don't know if it was the F keys or the one, two, three, four keys mm-hmm. for changing up your party members. And then selecting their ability, targeting whatever enemy you want, and then quickly switching to the next one, queuing up your next attack. And then you hit the space bar. You watch all of your actions unfold in real time. After everyone finishes everything, then poof, voila, and some of the smarter CRPGs allow for uh, queuing up multiple right. uh, sequences of attacks. So See, you can I, plan ahead by doing that. I don't know that I'm a fan of that aspect of it. It's just a kind of plan, 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 and then let it happen. I'd rather just do something, they react. Do something, they react. Again, your quintessential turn-based kind yeah. of stuff well that does happen that's the same thing as divinity i mean right that, and that's i think that's where i i think there's a big difference that's the, one of the biggest differences well just think of it just think of uh those types of crpgs that aren't turn-based just think of them as being the same exact system except uh you have full control over the the speed at which the turns play out yeah yeah i, I I guess because it does ha- it does happen faster. It happens way faster. Like when you're going through the attacks, going through a battle. I feel like that's done and over with I on a f- battle yeah. on a on a CRPG like Dragon Age Origins. Way quicker than you are in Divinity. Right. Divinity is funner by a landslide. Right. But it's Dragon Age Origins was great. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just think it's just uh, I, I, maybe it's just that that kind of combat style. I'm just not not with it. No, I'm with you. I, I think the encounters are just lackluster on most CRPGs. I think your issue is just you're not playing great CRPGs. The great ones, yeah. yeah. And because, that could be it. Because uh, I think the barrier to entry is already so high on a CRPG that it needs to be excellent in order to not lose a CRPG curious player. And not only that, it, for me, I'm not a PC player, so it needs to translate well to console which is probably even more difficult, I would imagine, yeah. going from a CRPG, which is really meant to play on a keyboard. And mouse. Mo- most importantly is the mouse. Right. A keyboard and mouse yeah. to a console uh, or a controller yeah. to map those. So, uh, that's got to be quite a challenge. It, it, it's And maybe that's yeah. where I'm getting lost in all this mess. It's just that that translation, if it's not done well, I'm, I'm not for it. Yeah. And there, there is the opposite, right? When you're getting the more action-oriented uh, console RPGs and you're trying to bring that over to PC, keyboard, and mouse, they just do not work at all. Mm-hmm. Like, try playing any of the Souls games on keyboard and mouse. You won't, and if you think <laughs> you did or can, you're wrong. Wait, I've seen people play on, like, Dance Dance Revolution yeah, mats. They're okay. just challenging themselves. <laughs> but, like, is it the ideal way to play? Oh, definitely Absolutely no. not. No, no, no. Absolutely no. not. You need that tactile yeah. kind of control. Same feel. thing with, like, Monster Hunter. Like, no. Play, look, if it's an action game, you want the controls. Mm-hmm. But if it's a turn-based game, yeah, that in can... general... Right. Like having the option of having all these extra buttons, being able to map things, but it really that's I don't see that as being an issue of console versus PC. 
it's more of the interface, yes, the controller, yes, to a certain degree, but if you're clever enough as a developer, you could just develop a control system that is versatile enough and intuitive enough right. to work with however it is that your game plays. Right. Yeah, and just, I don't know that there have been many to, to do that. It Divinity, I think, is probably the most, the well, most well-translated It could one. be. It could be just you know kind of laziness because it is a lot of effort like you you may have to redo huge portions and that's of probably that's not, definitely what it is not only just the mm -hmm. the button mappings the ui the targeting system is a huge thing when making a game and you're you're trying to sort of make the targeting system feel as right as it can you right. might have to just redo entire animation sets because of that uh, just to get the feel of it right. And that's and a ton of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. And when you're porting over something and you have to rethink things like core fundamental <laughs> design things and you're scratching your head. And, mm -hmm. so, and, and from you know, what I understand with, with Ember, um, that's kind of a, it was, it was a passion project for, I think, one person. So for that one person to do all that stuff, yeah, probably not going to go through it. Yeah. Uh, if, if it was successful... Um, I don't know if it was or wasn't. I'm just saying if it was successful, perhaps they, that one person or, or that small team could have uh, invested their initial success on mobile mm -hmm. uh, and invested it with a few more devs to assist with proper porting over to a console, traditional right. console mm -hmm. control system. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm liking it. It's it's it, it works well because there are different options where I can pause the pause the battle uh, with with every interaction. So I can pause it between enemy attacks or whatever. So there's some some of that where it can almost make it feel like it's a turn based yep. battle, but still it, uh, for me they're just they're just kind of way too clunky for me. Um, I've also been playing uh, kind of on the total opposite end of the spectrum, To the Moon, which is almost... To the Moon? To the Moon. Have you played To the Moon? No, but that's old, and that's an old that's an even older indie one. game. Man. Yeah, I think 2011, uh, yeah. that was a, it came out. I would say it, it's less of an RPG and more of a visual novel yeah. than, than anything. Um, I think what, what really got me is, the again, the visual uh, presentation of it. And then also um, the music is phenomenal. I don't know who the composer is, but he did a really, really good job. And I think they actually recommend that you listen to the game with headphones just because the music is just really, really, really good. And kind of it's got a lot of, of, again, emotion involved. And it's actually an emotional type of game. I don't know if you've played it, uh, but it's a very emotionally driven game. So having headphones on definitely, definitely makes sense. Short game, too. Yeah, I think it's about five hours. Yeah, it's not not long at all. Uh, I want to say I paid ten ten dollars for it, which is a little more than um, I would have paid for it had I known it didn't have any combat. Or, like it's it's it, you want to talk RPG light? They, they just I don't know how the, or why they put that category in there in the eShop, but they did it and they got me. Um, but nonetheless, the RPGs the, don't need combat to be. An I RPG. I understand that, but there's really other than reading uh, pixel art. There's nothing else going on in that game. So, yeah. um, you know, it's more, like I said, it's more of an aesthetic kind of a visual novel type yeah. type of game. Uh, but good. But a good game. And um, Skellboy. Skellboy is, uh, I don't think that's come out quite yet. I think that comes out the end of this month. And we're also doing, on the Discord, we're doing an AMA uh, with the developers for Skellboy. So I started playing Skellboy. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
Paper Mario aesthetic, kind of like a... I, I guess you could call it Paper Mario, maybe? Uh, I would say it looks more like a 3D dot game hero, I think is the name of the game. It was like an old uh, PS3 game. All right. It was kind of like a Zelda-like, uh, but it was... Um, it used vo- voxels. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it had like voxel graphics. So yep. it looked like it was 3D models that looked like 2D sprites. Yeah, and that's essentially you know that's essentially what what this game. It's it's more of a hack and slash. You can put on different body parts. That's your RPG mechanic, I guess. And there's a, there's some puzzling and some platforming. It's again, it's another one of those shorter type of game. I think the game is about 10 to 12 hours. Um, I haven't put the, I put about five into it, uh, but it's a, it's an okay game. The music in it is really 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 good. It's kind of got the eight bit kind of chip tune type of music in it, um, so the music is really good. But the the combat is a little a little light for me. It, it's mm. not you know I need my my sword fighting. Well, if you have combat, you got to do it good. Right? Yeah, and it's it's okay. Um, it definitely needs a day one patch. I don't know what's involved in that day one patch. Uh, I've already gotten trapped and stuck in so many different things oh. uh, where, you know, if that if that lamppost was just a little bit closer to the wall and I wasn't able to get behind it, I wouldn't have gotten stuck there type yeah, of stuff. So yeah. there's, there's some some of that going on. Um, but that is that was probably all within um, probably three or four, maybe, yeah, maybe four days time, all that gameplay. Wow. <laughs> Huh. Because I was I was down and out. I had a and I'm still kind of sick. A double ear infection. I thought I had pneumonia for a while. Uh, I didn't, thankfully. But I mean, I was I was feeling hurt. So yeah. yeah. So feeling much better. Um, played a lot of games recently. What have you been playing? Uh, you had a lot of time to yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> not really. I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting to lose my uh, my availability for time. But I did play. And beat Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus on Switch. I haven't beat or complete a game in so long. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like beating a new game every week, <laughs> at least one new game. Uh, may, maybe I'll continue this trend. I'm actually getting pretty close to the outer, uh, beating the outer world. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, but Wolfenstein 2, uh, man, is that a great game. Is it really? <laughs> that is so good. It is such a great game. It, it, nothing's better than killing Nazis. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. The best Nazi killing game. I can uh, definitely say that. The so, best one I've ever played. I, uh, what other ones are there? Uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 3D. Wolfenstein <laughs> uh, The New Order. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Any Anytime you can kill a Nazi. Yes. All the Wolfensteins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really good. Um the graphics side of the Switch. So what they do is they play videos for the cutscenes. All right. So you're getting the premium look of the graphics, uh, and then when it transitions out of that, uh, it's not actually as jarring as you think huh. when you're actually playing the game itself, except for the characters. So for some the reason, the, the character models mm-hmm. and mostly the textures on the characters seem like overly. Uh, low resolution but it's actually not that bad uh and the frame rate is or at least it seems like it's pretty stable it's not 60 it's definitely 30 um as long as it's steady it seems like it's steady i don't know for certain if it's steady uh but visually i was actually impressed overall uh how the game looked on the switch 
just playing through and shooting, and it felt good. It's fast. It is a fast, 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 fast-paced really? first-person shooter. Yeah, it's really fast. Kind of like, snuck up on you a little bit like uh, at first, maybe? I, it brought me so far back uh, to first-person speed of uh, Unreal Tournament. Oh, wow. Uh, that in that Unreal was very Tournament fast. 2K. Uh, 2K3 or whatever that one was uh, and that was a very fast uh, first person shooter and it kind of felt like that level of speediness actually the original Half-Life was very fast as well mm -hmm. that was a fast game uh, but yeah it, it had that same speed to it um, it is a little quirky on some of the animations and how like you're moving around uh, it they made the character move around as if it was bumping into the environment and stuff and, and like if you get too close to an object your gun would move back because the object's in the way but it's a first-person game, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, so they kind of that it, they kind of animate like, the camera. Oh, so right. the camera does a lot of leaning and stuff like that. And some of that stuff was a little weird, a little jarring. I don't know if that was in like the other consoles or PC version, or if that was a Switch thing. I think oh, it was in the other ones, but yeah. I think the lower frame rate uh, results in lower quality mm -hmm. of animations because you're not getting uh, you're yeah, missing half the frame data, right? right? Uh, so I don't know if it says uh, if that's part of it or if there's some weird like translation porting issues. But overall, it's a solid game. It's really cool. And then when you finally beat the game, like it doesn't end because you still it gives you like a whole bunch of stuff. It's sort of like when you beat the the story part of the game, it's finally like all right now you have access to the world map. Which you still do, but it gives you like the full access to the world map and gives you like cl very clear goals. Like all right. You got to do all these little things. You got to kill all these little Nazi commanders all over the place. And you get to sort of like be like, all right, it's time to go to that location. I nice. got to hunt down that. So you go, you're like bounty hunting like different Nazi commanders and stuff like that. Huh. Um, so, yeah, it was a very cool experience. The story is it's not like a great story, but it is like a wacky roller coaster of fun. I, I think, yeah, fun. I think Wolfenstein uh, games are kind of known to yeah. have that sort of aspect. Yeah. So nice. I was I was very impressed. So that was a that was a blast to play. Uh, still playing Radiant Historia, Perfect Chronology. <sighs> I still so have good. a few of those on my watch list for eBay. Um, I think at some point, I will get it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just there is uh, they the story is really good. And they keep like flipping the table on you, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this timeline—it's crazy! And then I have to like hop back into another one, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. Nice. It's real good. It's That's real good. That's awesome. Digging it. Uh, the Outer Worlds. Uh, I'm kind of at the point where I just want to speed through the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I I pretty much I'm I'm at the point where I left. Um, what's the name of the plant? The big one. Uh, what's it called? I'm I'm into way too many games to even remember. Yeah, it's the it's a very big planet. It's very like orangey. I, I think I remember like, uh, um, spider mantis. Yeah, I think I remember the same thing where it was kind of just a race Monarch. to the yes yes yes. Monarch. It was yeah. more of a, just a race to the end because I mean, you don't really pick up many great weapons along the way. You kind of you know I I think that was kind of the weakest point of yeah of the Outer Worlds was the, was that yeah and and they. They did have more of like faction versus faction stuff mm -hmm. going on in uh, which on the first planet, Terror 2, they had it there and it was great. And then they sort of have it a little bit and then they, they sort of don't really base 
that much on Monarch, but then you sort of ease into it, and then at by the time you're ready to leave Monarch, they sort of throw this big giant like deciding faction versus faction type of stuff on right. you, and that stuff is great. Um, although one of the ways that they implemented it was a little odd, but I reasoned my way into having it make sense. What? But what apparently there's there's a path the 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 good the true path of deciding between the two factions where there is actually a third option where you can get peace between the two. Huh. But uh if and you don't really you're not aware of this until it's too late. Uh if you make the wrong dialogue decisions up until that point, you lo and behold you made the bad oh, the, no, the bad okay. choice. But there's ways to like reason yourself into thinking like, okay, the the third true this is what I did. I reason myself into thinking <laughs> that the third true path, the true like good victory for for deciding that quarrel was actually uh, not a good way because the person that you would then put in charge is actually not as stable as the person that you've replaced the other person with. Hmm. So okay. stuff like that. Like, but it's fine. Like I'm I'm okay with it. But at this point, like you're not getting any new weapons. You're just getting weapon the same weapons that are higher level. Yeah. It, they don't they don't reward discovery that's a big pet peeve i have with the game they right. are not rewarding discovery whatsoever the the reward is more weapons that are useless and not to comp- i mean it's and easy more, to compare more ammo i have like almost 10 it's K. unnecessary yeah. right um I, I guess it's 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 fair to compare it to fallout uh three and, and four um and where, Fallout rewarded with bobbleheads right either with bobbleheads but you also had your kind of your unique type of weapons um, and that's what I really missed, and I wish they had implemented that. And maybe yeah. they didn't want to because, you know, Fallout had done that. Well, they do kind of have that, except that the unique weapons... They're not that good. They're, like, under-leveled, and the only thing that makes them unique is that they already come with a mod already on it. Right. Like, I want the Lincoln Repeater, or, I, you know, I want I want yeah. some of these, like, really cool yeah. weapons. Yeah. And they just... They just didn't have that. They they didn't do the extra mile of balancing and polishing and refining that was needed because if they did that check and it they, look they probably did but they didn't do it as scrutinizing as I would have <laughs> of course uh, because I would have identified that the feel wasn't right and would have corrected that but may, they probably ran out of time. Look, the game's really good. It's just mm-hmm. like you realize pretty much after the first planet, after Terra 2, you realize that you're, the loop is kind of the same. The only thing that changes up is the story elements in, in the different right. societies. That but you're it's still with. the same loop. Yeah, But the nature of exploring is like, meh. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I want to explore is because I'm killing more stuff so I can get more experience so I can level up. Right. That's it. Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. Right. I agree. Lock picking a safe. I already know what's going to be in it. Junk. It's <laughs> right. going to have more weapons that probably are not going to match my level. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have uh, more, like, credits, which I'm maxed out. Like, maxed out theoretically. Yeah, I don't need to buy and, anything. What right, do I need to buy? Right. Don't and that buy. was the thing. Like, I have, I had all this money. I'm like, there's there's nothing. Yeah, the money's pointless in a game. Right. The money's pointless. Uh, ammo is not scarce whatsoever. Maybe if you had tried the hardcore mode. Nah. No. I, look, I was killing stuff in hardcore mode right off rip. Right. So it's it's not like I was running out of bullets either. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I'll, I'm not even playing combat based. 
I was doing sneaky kind of uh, sniper. That's what I, I was I'm doing. I'm doing all the other skills except for the combat, the the two combat skills. Really? Tr- uh, you know, branches or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna be beating that soon. Um, and I probably played like one or two other games. I can't remember what they are, but I will say I got into the Legends of Runeterra. Legends uh, of Runeterra. Open beta or closed beta? I don't know. It's in beta or whatever. Say, what is this? So, you know League of Legends? I know League of I know of League of Riot Legends. Riot Games announced a whole bunch of games. Uh-huh. That they're uh, additional games that they are making. And one of them is uh, Legends of Runeterra, which is a collectible card game. Oh. Okay, in the same vein as uh, Hearthstone, or yeah, yeah, same vein as Hearthstone. It's kind of like a mix of like Hearthstone and um, that team team battle games. Team uh, battle games, like like the Dota chess, um, uh, auto chess, auto chess. Yeah, auto chess. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's very much a card game, though. It's more card game, and they do some cool stuff. It it kind of seems like it's borrowing from auto chess. From Hearthstone, absolutely, and borrowing from Artifact, that terrible Steam game. And I played a lot of that. I played like 40 hours. So you're getting into this? I'm sure they had something else. Well, I used to play card games professionally. Oh. I, I, I won tournaments. Oh, no, I know. For, uh, with Hearthstone. Hearthstone. On Hearthstone, yeah. 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 And I, I won tournaments on uh, Magic, The Gathering. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of card games in general, and I'm, I'm just... You know, it's a beta, right? And it's brand new. So I'm like checking out, seeing if there's like something worthwhile to it. And you know what? There's some admirable things to it. Cool. Uh, one of the cool mechanics is that uh, your you you get like champions, where like which are like very powerful units that you make up uh, within your deck, and uh, they have like a quest that you need a, a quest condition that you need to satisfy. Mm-hmm. And once you satisfy it, they level up. So they sort of transform into a more powerful version within of that round of playing, not forever within that match. Okay. Yeah. And that sort of becomes like a nice little sub objective, uh, and sub mechanic. Um, there's battling with yourself to try and get, uh, well, yeah, but I mean, it, it's interesting. I'm not saying that this is, uh, like, a super, well thought out game i still think uh the best of the ccg uh computer ccg you know card game battler games um is probably duelist as far as like core mechanics Mm -hmm. but duelist has just way too much randomness to make it even worth competitive while right um this one seems way lighter on randomness there's like very little randomness other than you know deck drawing uh, I didn't see too much in the way of randomness on unit abilities and effects. Do you, do you like that randomness? Thing? No. Yeah, okay. I no, was going to say, as, a, as yeah. a card player, I, I don't see how anyone would want RNG. No, no, it's terrible. That, that's the whole reason why I stopped playing uh, Hearthstone was because of the RNG, RNG when, yeah. when the sets became more and more RNG-based. And, uh, yeah, it just became unbearable from a competitive standpoint mm-hmm. and un, un, unreasonable. Um it also kind of fueled my hatred uh, into making a board game that has absolutely zero, R- a competitive board game that right, has absolutely right. zero R- No RNG, RNG at all. So yeah, I don't like RNG. But, but you, play, you play D&D or Pathfinder, don't you? Yeah, I do. Right? There's RNG in that? Yeah. Look, RNG is 
uh, is a very useful tool if applied correctly. And correctly is, it's, it can change as to what is correct depending on which lens you're looking at it from. And from the competitive lens, yeah, no. RNG in Hearthstone is awful. Right. And is unbearable, which is why I don't want to play it. Uh, so when they treat it as an eSport thing, and I got into the whole eSports part of Hearthstone, uh, yeah, it's just, no. It's, it's not happening anymore with me. Um, and also, they didn't. there's stuff that they need to do to sort of fix that game for to even have someone to, to competitive-wise to, sure, to, to get into join it. In. But this one, thankfully, doesn't have, or at least the very limited amount that I've played it, doesn't have any R, any overly outrageous RNG-based effects. I, uh, I think once you start adding a, more cards and expansions and all this other stuff, yeah. that's when you get into your RNG type of stuff. That That's what I think these uh, developers are doing, is they are purposely starting off their games appealing to the competitive crowd, mm -hmm. and then they insert the RNG to then once the so once the early adopters get in those are the hardcore right the early adopters for any new tech any new game whatever it may be any industry are always the people that are knowledgeable in it they are the hardcore ones right so and then they sort of ease off the you know appeal to the hardcore crowd and start you know stepping on the gas for the, ca the, casual. for the casualness yeah right so they simplify things they make it more interesting and exciting which rng does make things exciting because oh this new thing i didn't expect right, to happen right. random effects fireworks hey <laughs> <laughs> not so good when you're you know you're competitively trying to, yeah, to do it yeah but rune terror it it does some cool things mechanics wise um for like haven't been able to do reactions so i play a spell the opponent can react to it if you're sort of passing a book back and forward um it it was already done in like artifact uh but it seems like they're in a good direction so i might be playing that more maybe. all right cool so that is what we're playing yeah, a whole lot of what we're playing yeah do you want to do the the housekeeping of course i always like to you know, keep a clean house. Yep. Um, so, yes, uh, don't forget to visit our Discord, uh, discord.switchrpg.com, and we will be having an AMA with the folks, uh, the developers of Skellboy. I think that is on the first... Oh, geez, I'd, I'd have to pull it up. I will verify that, and I'll, I'll kind of bring the, bring that up at the end. What day uh, would it be on? Is that on, like, a Tuesday or what? Yeah, I just don't remember the time. That's that's the thing. So the first would be Saturday. Yeah, I, I just don't recall the time. Uh, but if you look on our Twitter, it is the pin uh, tweet there. Uh, but I want to thank our patrons. Uh, we have DJ Atkins, uh, Hedge Knight Mike, Michael C., Sequel Violist, um, Nick Lal. Mike Lubinsky, I'm not thanking him. Uh, Matthew Garbett and Two Isle. We uh, have uh, quite a number, quite a little bit more patrons. I so, love so, it. Some new names on that. I like it. I like yeah. it. Let me uh, let me take a quick peek at our uh, when that AMA is because yeah, I, I take a quick. I want to get that right. And then uh, after we get that right, we can kind of ease into the news rundown. Yes, um, and that's. That's going to be a lot of what we discussed today. Uh -huh. uh, but Skellboy is uh, February 1st, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so if you don't know what Eastern Standard Time is, uh, do a little Bing search and you will find it. Yeah. All right. News. Um, delays. 
yeah. more and more delays. A uh, lot of delays. A lot of big title delays. Yeah. So many of them, too. I know. This this little list we have here is are, not, not even like... No, it's not even all of them. Yeah. Uh, because they were, I think it was... At, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, well, let's get to these. So Final Fantasy VII. The remake. The remake. Delayed. Not uh, a whole lot. Uh, one month and change. But delayed. Yep. Um, and, you know... Uh, None of these guys had a really of reasons for delaying. I mean, I'm sure they have reasons. Well, but yeah, the reason is more polish. Sure. Yeah. Um, then we have Cyberpunk 2077. This is kind of what I was disappointed in. Yeah, I already have. Uh, I already have that game. Like, bought. It's just waiting for the download to happen. Oh, so you're you're going you're going digital on that one. Yeah. Oh, PC. Oh, no. What a nerd. Um, I'll be getting... <laughs> I want to play the, the game the best it possibly can be. So I, I think with see. this one, uh, they actually said it, that the original Xbox, the Xbox One, not the iterations after that, is actually what's holding this back. Um, so, uh, so they're delaying it so they can... Because that's kind of the worst or kind of the least powered system. Switch version ain't happening. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so that's why it's being delayed, I think, uh, to November. Um, yeah. And I actually, when I was at E3, I saw this game running. I was uh, someone playing it and... Probably running on a PC. Probably running on a PC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked good. It looked really good. Um, and then we have... This is actually one I'm disappointed. Another one I'm disappointing. Yeah. This... Because I love this series. Dying I... Light 2. So I never played it, but the trailers that I saw, I think like two years ago or something uh -huh. like that, E3 two years ago or something like that. I saw this game running at E3. Or three years ago. It was interesting, the stuff that they were doing with like the uh, sort of making very important decisions yep. that could cause the world itself to change. Right. And yeah. it, it was, it, it gave you, it was a, definitely an open world, first person zombie game uh, with the Kind of like like you had said, the uh, I, I consider that like the telltale mechanic. Okay, so you make a decision, and all of a sudden you're like the environment. Well, telltale. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? So your decision has drastic changes uh, in this giant world. I wouldn't associate drastic decision making with telltale. Oh, well, I mean, with telltale, you make one choice. You're 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 in for you could be in for a different ending in that in telltale games. Eh whatever anyway um with with this one's really surprising because it's indefinite there's actually they didn't they didn't say when they're delaying they just said it's delayed indefinitely we'll let you know <laughs> when ah. when and again this is another one of those games where i saw the guy playing it and it, it looked really really awesome it yeah. looked really really almost done basically eee, that's not good so, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to research a little bit more, but I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> what's going on there? It's the Xbox One. <laughs> it could be. That's it. They're it delaying it so that uh, they're probably going to delay it long enough so that they can just release it on next gen hardware. I was, I was actually going to say that most of these delays are probably more geared towards that decision. Yeah. You know, we got the next gen coming in. Uh, let's just, you know, hold our horses. Polish the game a little bit more, make it a little better, get it ready for next gen. Mm. And especially, I'm sure those those developers have kind of you know those dev kits. They're they're, they're kind of they know what they're going to be developing for. So that could be a potential thing. But again, they're kind of between gen. They're going to be releasing it on all these platforms yeah. as well. So that's what I'm hoping it's 
It is. Yeah. Well, Final Fantasy VII, again, it could just be a, you know, that could really be a polished thing. That Well, yeah, just a month and change, that is, that's bug fixing. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's just too much. I'm, I'm not really so sad about that because I won't be playing it. I have no... Well, Square has gone on record multiple times throughout the many years the Final Fantasy VII Remake has been in development. Like, they cannot, they feel like they cannot mess up. Like, the reputation of Final Fantasy right. is on the line with Final Fantasy VII. So, oh. I think they are, they are treating it at the highest of high echelons because the lowest of low was Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> and XV didn't really, you know, it didn't make fans angry and it definitely didn't please fans well, pacified because them. it it was it didn't hurt or help the reputation okay and then the work that they did with 14 uh improving it definitely helped but they're sort of putting all their eggs in this uh ff7 remake basket right uh regarding their reputation i just think in making it episodic is just just so idiotic in in my opinion i, I can't stand that no that's fine I don't it, like it. It's like expansions, big giant expansions, or think of think of it as sequels. Are they going to be? Um, yeah, I guess you could th- think of it as sequels. They, they did this with um, StarCraft, but we know it's not. It, I know, but we know it's not a sequel. You know, we know that the whole entire game exists. You know, but they're adding so much more to it. It's, I mean, it's a totally different game essentially yeah. it's just well, the, the saying, story bits are there just, i'm know? saying the story they're adding way more to the story oh are they no yeah. question about it there's I, no question i'm gonna be honest i i have been totally hands-off with final fantasy 7 yeah. i'm not a fan i of final fantasy 7 i mean i understand that people like final fantasy 7 it's just it's just not for me so so they said that this first one this first iteration is entirely in midgard okay and that's less than five hours of the game. Right. Of the original game. So, unless it's five hours of, of this game, game if, they're, if they don't add anything new to the story progression we'll in see. the story, and it's five hours, mm-hmm. that is a disaster. I think visually it's going to, you know, people are just going to eat it up. I, I have no issues Absolutely. with that. But if it's if it's not enough content, people are going to be just so mad. And is it full priced? Is it going to be a sixty dollar type of thing, or is it? So another thing that I've heard is that they and it's definitely going to be sixty. No yeah. question about it. So uh, if, that, if the if the content isn't there, uh, well, you so, know, the quantity. So, so what I heard from like listening to other people talk about like going back into Final Fantasy VII is that the story made no sense. It was incomprehensible at at many instances where it wasn't very cohesive and they were missing elements and inferred things that were inferred. But like, if you weren't like absolutely paying attention, like went way over there, over your head, Mm -hmm. like there was missing, like, like entire missing chunk. It almost felt as if there were missing chunks of backstory or story in general. (laughs) So it didn't really feel cohesive, uh, from end to end. Right. Uh, the grandiose, the big, uh, story points, the big beats of the story, those are the ones that people latched on to. Mm-hmm. But when it came to like piecing everything together in this one big uh, cohesive sort of uh, plot, it didn't really make that much sense. And that to me is why this has taken so much is because they are, they are taking the time to fully flesh things out. And in the process, they discovered that by doing that, 
they had to break this game into multiple pieces because mm -hmm. they just they spent that much time. This this is my guess now, my hypothetical right, right. is that they are spending so much time getting this story because when people play it, another big worry is if they didn't change anything and people played it, they're gonna realize how awful the original was storyline wise. I mean, it's a totally different game, uh, combat-wise altogether. So, look, Final Fantasy VII was absolutely overrated. It got that overrated hit in bubble because it was the first major Final Fantasy game, the first major RPG on the PlayStation, right. the first one to do like, you know, the 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 big grandiose full motion video uh, sequences. It was a big difference, a uh, big step up from you know from the Super Nintendo, from basically. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, yeah, from uh, Final Fantasy III, I call it. Uh, from there, you're wrong. <laughs> from there, over to uh, to to the PS One. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. uh, a big, big difference, and that's yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I'm, know. It's just it's not for me. It, I know it's that for, it's for me. Like I've I've never played Final Fantasy Seven, and I've always wanted to play it, but it was so ugly, and uh, <laughs> it was, and and the uh, combat, the menu driven combat system, was a step back from even something like final fantasy four or one <laughs> oh i wouldn't say a step back from one one's pretty basic very basic yeah, yeah. yeah the only thing that gets more basic than one is dragon warrior and that was very basic yeah uh but yeah uh there's, got some delays and then there were others I there's think, a lot of other delays was too. uh was marvel the delayed? marvel yeah. uh avengers game that's it yeah that was the september um there's other like kind of big games that got delayed uh, recently. I don't, yeah, I, I don't. I Which is so weird. Right I, now, I feel like now with these games being kind of kind of separated like this, there's a big gap. I'm happy as clams because I know this ain't gonna happen to Nintendo. What 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 do they got? Well, they, <laughs> other than you know you got Animal Crossing, which I understand uh, has its audience. It's a very big game. Xenoblade. Xenoblade is coming. I think uh, there's speculation that it's coming in. Well, I, oh, sorry. We'll be talking about. We'll it. be talking about it, um, but I mean, there's still a lot of big gaps. I think there's, that can be filled. There's this right over here coming out in like four days. Okay. Uh, why, <laughs> why don't you bring that up then? Because I actually did not watch this at all. All right. Oh, you didn't watch. All right. So there was. So we're gonna go into the news. Uh, there was a uh, Nintendo Direct. Uh, not a not a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Well, all right. It was a Smash Direct. Thank you. And that's why I totally like... Meh, From Nintendo. I don't care. <laughs> it had Sakurai, man. I, I'm just not a Smash Bros, dude. All right. But it Mostly had, because I'm bad. And coinciding with this, they also released another uh, trailer, another reveal, uh, which was very well-timed and does tie very nicely into... Uh, they both tie very nicely into each other. So the Smash Direct was they pretty much announced the final mm -hmm. DLC fighter, which is Byleth from... Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Three houses. And you know that that um, it was it was just funny, I guess, seeing kind of the uproar. I don't know if you were on Twitter, but I mean, everyone oh, yeah. was just kind oh, of yeah. upset about, oh my gosh, another Fire Emblem character, another sword user. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. either another sword user, another you know, I don't know. For and that's, I, I think that's a lot of my disdain for Smash as well as the, the the fan base, and it's the same thing with Pokemon. The fan base is just so toxic. They're just so angry. 
like all the time. Yeah, look, that's like, maybe maybe I confuse anger for passion, but they're the same thing. No, you're 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 confusing the uh, what's the word? The zeitgeist. You're, you're sort so, of leaning. So the vocal minority. You're, pay, you're paying too much attention to the zeitgeist. Yeah. To the current zeitgeist. The current zeitgeist is to hate on Byleth, to hate on this final DLC character, uh, being yet another sword user and yet another Fire Emblem character because right. there's been so many Fire Emblem characters. But that's fine. This character plays a bit different. Uh, it's, I mean, a pole arm <laughs> and an axe is pretty much going to work functionally the same Well, I would expect sword. there to be a little more range in a pole arm, but still. No, there yeah. is, there is. They do have, so the, there you get more range with the pole arm, you get more power with the axe, that's how they sort of changed it up. Um, but what people, I think a better way to do this type of, it makes perfect sense when you understand like Byleth, because each, the pole arm is the weapon from Dimitri, mm -hmm. the axe is from uh, Edelgard, and you get the bow, which is fundamentally different, right? There aren't right. too many bow using characters. Link. Uh, Link. Uh, the Lynx. The links, oh, yeah, links. right. The links. Uh, so, Nobody complains about how many iterations of Link there are. Uh, right, but that's because of uh, what's the word? Uh, they all play differently too. But the but, generation, there's multiple yeah, 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 yeah. generations, iterations, and then they revise some of the the links as well. But uh, this character doesn't play. Absolutely, does not play like, and they very clearly indicate that it doesn't play like any other. Uh, Fire Emblem character or any other character in the in the Smash roster. It looks the move set looks very distinct, very unique. Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it looks great. It's yet another fighter. Uh, did I want another Fire Emblem character? Nope. Uh, if they were going to pick another Fire Emblem character, should it have been Byleth. Yeah, yeah, Byleth oh, yeah. was a pretty, I mean, it makes, pretty good pick. Makes sense, right? Yeah. And the way they presented the information, um, and it was it's kind of funny how Sakurai kind of went through the entire history. Uh, very quickly, but he went through like this big giant history dump of Fire Emblem franchise. He loves the franchise so he, much. Obviously, it's represented in yeah. like, <laughs> but like a ton. This is such a great game. This, if there was representation for for Fire Emblem, I'm glad Byleth will do it because I think they can get rid of a bunch of in the I don't know five ten years from now when the next Smash comes out, if that ever happens, they'll probably retain Byleth. And get rid of some of the odder ones, like the um, older, older ones, not, possibly. I wouldn't say older. They'll probably get rid of Ike. They'll probably get rid of um, Crom, definitely Crom, and maybe even Lucina, um, just because they're all kind of um, well, Ike not so much, but Crom and Lucina are basically uh, mirrors, copies of Marth and Roy, okay, with slight adjustments. Um, or they might get rid of Marth and Roy because they're so old in favor of Krom. Because Krom is from Awakening, which is a very important game in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, Corin works very differently, so they'll probably keep Corin. And Ike works kind of differently as well, so they'll probably keep Ike. But Ike, I can easily see them dropping as well. That's just, just way too many Fire Among characters. But Byleth... They can. They will probably definitely keep because this is this is the most successful Fire Emblem game, mm -hmm. and it's definitely. Or if it isn't yet, it will be the most successful Fire Emblem game, and it's very. It's the best one. So Byleth to me is going to be sure. like one of the main uh, mainstay. The mainstays for it, but coinciding with this character reveal is uh, the final wave of DLC. 
That this is the only thing I'm upset about missing was 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 this part of it. Well, it was like I wouldn't wasn't it was separate. I I know, but yeah. I I wasn't expecting you know obviously yeah. Yeah. something like this kind of a this sort of announcement. But I'll let, I'll let you. Uh, yeah, so the final DLC, it's called the Cindered <laughs> Shadows. Uh, it takes, um, I don't know how you're going to be able to access it, but once you have it, I guess you can go at some point when you're on the first part of the of the game, of, of the storyline, you can access the underground part of the monastery, mm-hmm. and there's this fourth house that's right. lurking there with four brand new characters and a whole new story uh segment there yeah how, i'm just curious as to how you do access them like do you have to re- don't, don't tell know. me you have to replay the whole thing all over again i have no clue i am excited well the fact that it's in the basement uh the uh, the hidden underground part uh makes which, me wonder which like, i think gets mentioned actually in well, you visit there a few times already yeah, yeah yeah uh but this is like even further underground i guess way underground yeah you'll know more about the underground stuff this makes way more sense if you played the golden deer uh-huh. uh, <laughs> well that's what i was saying when you in in the black eagles or uh, yeah um i don't want to spoil anything well, black eagles probably does know a bit more about the underground stuff, right and, that, and they think that's why i i this makes sense to me yeah it makes sense to me okay but probably it might make more sense to edelgard's mm-hmm. uh house uh, and the only one I know for certain is probably oblivious to this underground, uh, thing is the blue lions. Right. The Dimitri. Yeah. No, yeah. Dimitri. But yeah, it's, it's the, the DLC and there's, uh, new quests and storyline segments mm-hmm. and new characters to get and recruit. And, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else more you want to tackle with that. No, no, I, I'm just totally missed on that. I, did not ex- I just didn't expect it, you know. But yeah, do we do we what are they called? Are they called like the gray oh the gray ghosts? Uh yeah, oh yeah, silver was ashen wolves. Ashen wolves. The ashen wolves, yep. And it comes out on the thirteenth of February, like the day before Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Happy Valentine's Day. I absolutely can't wait. Um uh my girlfriend's uh kind of waiting there you she, go she's playing through a second well, what time a, what a perfect gift yeah. that would be for your, your oh it's, it's already queued up never already got the season pass <laughs> yeah we, we've already been doing like the hot the hot uh what was it the steam baths steam houses or yeah, whatever. yeah 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 the saunas the saunas yeah <laughs> Pet, petting the cats and, yep. and giving them treats the a dogs lot. and cats treats. And a lot of yeah. tea we're always. already doing that yeah uh next on the agenda we have uh, a gdc survey Developer survey, in, increased developer interest in the Switch. Um, no kidding. These guys like money. I mean, anything yeah. they, they're putting on the Switch <clears throat> seems to be doing really well. Yeah, and, and this information, you could probably get it from like a whole bunch of different um, places. It's reported on gamesindustry.biz. Uh, but what is kind of missing from here is the context. Because I, I remember reading this. The survey. Uh, well reading this similar type of survey based information okay i don't think it was last year i think it was the year before and it was gauging developer interest on the platforms including the switch and other stuff and just to put in perspective it was from what i remember like two years ago maybe even three years ago uh which was just before the switch launched um the number of developed the poll amount was like five percent or less for the switch 
And this amount is, uh, what was it? It was 17% currently developing for Switch with another 19% um, have plans for the next game to be a Switch to be right. on the Switch platform. So they're probably currently developing for the other platforms. Yeah. And, yeah. and th th these percentages were for two different questions. So right. uh, it was 17% of the people polled said that, yeah, they currently have a Switch project in the works. And then another qu question was, of the, of the games you have planned, 19% of them said that it's going to be a Switch game. Mm -hmm. So you can see uh, more details on that if you go to gameindustry.biz. Yeah, I, I think um, that, you know, like I said, if they like money, put your game on the Switch. Yep. Um, it doesn't mean they're all good. Uh, I hate for it to be like what Steam has, uh, you know, just a bunch of trash games. <laughs> I wish there was a little more cultivation. Oh, it's, there's worse than Steam, though. The Apple Store. <laughs> Right, or, I mean, hey, Android. You, I was gonna say, if you go to a mobile platform, that's just a, yeah. that's very, very different. That is, that is where games go to die, man. The mobile platform. That that, that is, uh, they put Atari to shame <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I just with the eShop, I just wish there was a little more curating, and yeah, I guess that doesn't. It happen. would be nice, but then again, there's some devs that they're glad that it's easier to put your games on there. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess the process is good, but, but I mean, I mean, who's nin who is Nintendo to say, yeah, your game is really not that great. Like, you, you know, you know what their process is? It's really you just got to work with a publisher that already has a game on Switch or already has relations with Nintendo. Boom, you're in. The other way uh, to get in is really you kind of just have to release your game on another platform and show that you can release a game on right. another platform like Steam. Right. Which is why you're seeing a lot of like mobile games or Steam games go to Switch very, very quickly and very rapidly is because once you've had it and once you can prove that you've had it released on another platform, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be successful. Mm -hmm. You can then bring it over to Switch. Right. I'm not right. saying it's that straightforward, but that's generally what it is. If you are a developer that has never released anything before, you're not and you're not going to work with a publisher or a publisher that has Nintendo relations, you're not going to get access to Switch dev kits. Yeah, it's I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> <coughs> not so hard. Not so easy, right? Yeah, not so easy. Uh, so Square Enix Collective, uh, their Twitter account announced... Um, it was actually... They, they teased it initially. They teased it. They teased it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I forget how they worded it, but basically, all right, we're going to be making an announcement. And everyone, you know, especially in our universe. Please was kinda, be excited. Yeah. Every, yes. Please. Is that what they said? Please be excited. Something so, like that. So they got everyone geared up, you know, ready to go. Oh, my gosh. What could it be? What could it be? Bravely default. It, like, what? what is it? You know, me, myself, I'm like, it's nothing big. These guys typically deal with independent uh, developers. So they're yeah. usually on the indie side of things. Um, but I was definitely hoping for something RPG. We did not get anything RPG. It yeah. was basically a uh, first-person uh, kind of... Puzzle-y. Yeah. It's kind of like Dungeon portal. puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Portal. Yeah, there you go. A portal-like. Uh, but looks good. Yeah. I think visually it looks really, really good. That's yeah, called a Turing test. Yeah, it's just... Meh, it's just not what I wanted. Well, Portal didn't seem like a game I wanted until the reviews came out and said it was spectacular, and then I played Portal, and it was spectacular. Wait, so Okay, well, this is not Portal. How do you know? I don't know. You're right, it's not... Portal was made by a small team. I understand. The first one. I understand. Um, 
And no, I'm not saying that this game is not going to be good or anything. I'm just saying it's not an RPG. It's not what I wanted. Yep. That's all. Okay. They got us all excited. Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a letdown, but I guess we, we hyped ourselves up to be let down. But that's what we do. Yeah, that's that, what we do. Yeah, that is what we do. Uh, so we had a recent game that was released. Kind of our the most recent um, AAA game. Double uh, uh, A. I will say double. Okay. Double well, sign. Okay, I'll just go. Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE Sharp Classic Definitive Superior Edition. Encore. Encore. That's the actual name. We oh. got it right. Good job. <laughs> so uh, that was released, and it actually is scoring pretty decent. Yeah, eighty-one percent on Open Critic, and that's across forty-one different critics' scores. So. Uh, Good job. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people uh, playing it. A lot of yeah. people enjoying. Uh, it's not for me. But yes, not for me either. Uh, it's mostly the aesthetic for me, and also it still seems a bit shallow story. But I don't know too much about the story. But there is lots of praise that the story is worthwhile. But the people I heard this from on like podcasts and such. Uh, also said that the story for Persona 5 was worthwhile. Oh, boy. And we know you love... You don't love it. <laughs> I tried. I wanted to really enjoy it. Look, I, I, I can get into anime-esque RPGs like crazy, right? I'm a huge Tales fan, but no, Persona 5... I don't think you gave it a fair shake. I think you should play it in its entirety. Oh, sure. I'll just dump another 10 hours. Is that enough? 10 hours is not enough in like a 200-hour game. We've had this talk before. I know. It's just not enough. If I had done that... Um, Don't make a 200-hour game, first off. If I had done that, I, not me personally, but I know quite a few people who had put in 10 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and said, eh, not worth my time. And I would just... Constantly, you just got to push it. Push through it. Push through it. There's a, there's a learning curve. They're always throwing new stuff at you. You just got to keep going. You'll get it. You'll love it. Yeah. And when do you start feeling? You start feeling that probably around the 30, 40 hour mark. No, no. Xenoblade 2 was immediate. For us. Yeah. Okay. Maybe for you with Persona 5, yeah. that is at the 30 or 40 Look, hour mark. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Massage, uh, Mirage Sessions, the big thing with it is the music. Like, I'm not a fan of J-pop at all. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, th th that's kind of on its own category so. i think of that music as being trash to my ears so it hurts your brain yeah it's just brainless there's some j-pop that i actually like i think maybe the j-pop that is in that game may not be yeah. your cup of tea yeah, look there's some j-pop that, that i'm okay with but uh to me i don't i doubt there's gonna be anything worth worth my time in this although i heard hear great things about the balances stuff like that and 81 percent. that's nothing to uh nope, discard so to me i would consider this game to be great just not for me right specifically as long with persona 5 um so again moving I on i tried with persona 5 <laughs> uh we had a um a pokemon direct since yes. the last the last episode we talked about it and we speculated right it was the speculation episode yeah and then it actually happened yep uh so they're adding um two some, expansions two expansions yes yeah as well as are they adding new pokemon as well uh, they're no they're adding back in 
So right, right, you right. Know, a lot of people complain that you know not all their favorite Pokemon were making it into the into the decks. Tough, uh, tough so they're adding in like right around two hundred or maybe a little bit more than two hundred, uh, but two hundred seems to be the magic number. They're adding about two hundred Pokemon from prior Pokemon games. You can transfer them via the Pokemon Home yep. um, app. And I don't think that's that's not active yet. That's going to be down down the line. Uh, with, I believe with so, DLC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this will be a free update, so you don't even have to get the DLC to get those 200 to get Pokemon that, yeah. support. Uh, but then also, uh, it's going to sort of coincide with maybe the first iteration of the DLC is when it's going to happen. And I think that first iteration is right because of the DLC. Later. Because yeah. of the DLC, they're ex- they have to expand. Yeah, their yeah. their their rosters and people all up in arms about that as well. You yeah. know these these expansions. Uh, I I think I think these expansions are pretty worthwhile. They're thirty bucks mm-hmm. uh, for the entire season pass for each iteration. So if you have sword, you're paying thirty dollars for that. If you have shield, which and it's a different DLC for that. I mean, essentially, they're it's the same deal. You're going to the same it, regions. There'll be subtle differences. Right. There'll be there will be subtle differences. Uh, I, I guess people, you know, people are, they're so sensitive nowadays, you know? I don't, I don't know anyone that's complaining about that. I, I have, I have definitely seen that. I think oh, maybe, good. maybe that's died down. This is all in the Twitterverse, so. This is, po- this is what Pokemon's all about. They, and it's what they Pokemon, double charge you. And it's what Pokemon is always, right. Yeah. That's what Pokemon's always done. Would you rather them come up with a Pokemon sword, um, what, whatever they call it, uh, two? Uh, like what they did with Pokemon Black and so like what they did with yeah. all those iterations. Uh, I think an expansion is just easier for them. It makes more sense. Yeah. The, uh, the, whole, so, yeah. the whole initial concept of having two different Pokemon games was to make the access to the Pokemon themselves different to force players to link up and trade Pokemon. That was the whole intent. Right. They then realized that there was a lot of money to ma- to be made uh, by having people double share. And it also further promoted siblings uh, or people under the same household to own uh, two different copies right. of the same, in essentially the, the same game. In the same, yeah, and in the same house. Instead right. of just taking their copy and letting their friend borrow it mm-hmm. or their sibling borrow it. Uh, so, you yeah, know. I, I myself think that's kind of a, a shady tactic, but obviously they're in the business to make money you know they're not in the business i mean they want to make their fans happy don't to, get me wrong to but. me it's not shady it's a uh, option that you do not need to do like you could be the just one of these pokemon games without the expansions is a big game right you're getting your money's worth and i think potentially you could you could still do trading you can trade with other people to get the pokemon that you don't have access to yeah so whatever yeah. people be sensitive that's all it is. Um, we also speculated yep. about other Pokemon things. Uh, we were wrong, obviously. No, I wasn't. Wait, they announced s- it. Pokemon well, Snap for the Switch. Wait, they... I, no, no, no. We were speculating <laughs> Pokemon Snap. We were a little off on that. But we got Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. And... Rescue Team DX. Rescue Team DX. So this is kind of a, a re... Is it a remake? It is oh, a remake. Yeah. Absolute so, remake, yeah. So it's a remake and... and I, there is a demo out for it, and I did yep. play the demo. Uh, visually, it looks different. Um, it doesn't. I'm not interested in the gameplay mechanic. I don't really. I'm not too into it. Um, you basically you go around the dungeon. You press left, up, down, left, right. So they go down the whole alley. It's just, ugh, it's just a, a very antiquated 
Is it too, like, dumbed down and simplified? Yes, yes. Okay. Very dumbed down, very simplified. Doesn't seem like it's a challenge at all. And maybe that's just the Pokemon thing. You know, they want it for a younger audience. It's for a younger audience. Which is fine. Um, But what it looks like, it's got a watercolor kind of aesthetic, I guess you could call it. It also looks like, I want to say I've seen this kind of basic artwork somewhere whether it was like looked like concept art i think i think that's where they got it from so someone had made some concept art in a watercolor style and they essentially adapted that to what this game looks like yeah that's that's visually what it what it looks like to me i I like that it looks really really cool it's just not for me yeah it's it's not what we wanted it well it shouldn't be for us for pokemon although pokemon snap will be for us oh geez that that'll be for you um what else we got i'll let you kind of yeah so uh there's been two different sources uh which kind of leads to uh, i think it's like two different stores is it walmart uh, stores or whatever that have uh listed may 29th as the potential release date for xenoblade chronicles definitive edition so right so there, there's, you know, there's our potential gap filler, I guess. Yeah. If that's true, let's just say for that's instance. That's pretty far away, though. Right. And that's the thing I was just going to say. Let's say, yes. All right. So end of May, beginning of June, sometime around there. That's when our next big game is between Animal Crossing and that. That's still a big gap there. And then from there, you know, we have nothing else. Well, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be, I think there's going to be a direct very, very soon. Right. Next that's week, what we keep saying, though. After. Like, where is it? Well, there's other stories, but we covered a story uh, on the last episode, which was about Metroid, uh, not Metroid, Metro Redux. Yep. And that was supposed to be Hush Hush. And it oop, got the couch out of the bag. There's another one. So these third parties uh, they're uh, just announcing it though they, well they're getting leaked or soft announced oh so your your thought is they're getting leaked and they're like you know what here it is exactly it got leaked so then they made the the soft announcement uh and i think this is happening because the direct is imminent okay. and i think what's going to pad out uh, the major releases is going to be a good solid uh, collection of third-party stuff older third-party yeah, so stuff I, I think that's going to come because we know that which is kind of uh, weak metro, in my opinion yeah we know that metro is coming uh in february mm-hmm. uh this other one which we'll uh talk about in a little bit is probably going to be another potential february or maybe like march or april sure um so these things are probably going to pad out the remainder and then there's some rumor stuff right uh, but so those, stuff. The, the games we're talking about like say for example metro and this other game i'll just say it's bioshock okay so bioshock, bioshock the, collection the collection so you have bioshock i one, would not two, discard that whatsoever that one, is two i'm excited for that three oh sorry is it four it's uh bioshock oh. one two and Inf- uh infinite. infinite okay uh so it's three games three uh and there's dlc with um bioshock okay two. sure and I think they're releasing that as one game, right? A collection, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's still not enough. That's still not my Nintendo releases that I want. Because that's what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm I talking agree. about, like I said, uh, your Animal Crossing. You have, I understand Monolith is not, uh, not Monolith. Um, geez, with Xenoblade. 
Monolith Soft? Monolith, yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand that not Nintendo, but yeah, they're first party. I consider them first party. Oh, yeah. Where are my other first party games? Uh, is Metroid down the line, end of the year? Uh, is, I doubt it. We got some rumors on that. I, 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 really, <laughs> I really doubt it. But we, we are still in the need for, for other things. One thing I'm really surprised we haven't gotten, this is kind of just an off-track thing, with Super Mario Party, I am really shocked we haven't gotten any DLC for that. Because uh, I was just recently playing that with my kids. I'm like, we played these same mini games for like a long time. Like, what is going on? Anyway, um, so yeah, we're, we need more of these. I'm talking Nintendo first-party games. Now, well, these DLC these, for a party game, I think, is a hard Or just more, more mini games. That's all it needs to be. As like free DLC, I could yeah. see that, but as yeah. like paid DLC, no, I don't, no, no, I don't no. see them ever doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, I mean when I say DLC, uh, I'm not talking paid DLC. Mm. I think for something like that, that would that would not be. Well, yeah, would make best. more sense to me is like a Mario Odyssey paid DLC. Right, which I don't. It, that's been a while. I don't know if we'll ever see that. We the last time yeah. we got any DLC was the Luigi's Balloon. Yeah, race that was thing. it. They're totally working on Odyssey too. That is just... oh for sure. But I want more of more of these nin- first party Nintendo releases. We have we have only two this year. Well, or and even then, uh, right? That's yeah. 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 Uh, there's uh, Bayonetta three, which we already know about. We know about again. We, we don't, don't know, know when it's going to release. It may not be this year. A direct is imminent. It's happening. Okay. It's gotta happen. It's Nintendo's been quiet since September you regarding. Keep get, you these keep games. getting my hopes up, and it just keep keeps, them up, man. It keep keeps them up. It keeps hurting. Here's something to be excited about. What? I think this is like super triple A. Uh, super triple A <laughs> for a game that's like 20 years old. Go ahead. It's a remake. All right, as you were saying, it's not a remake. It is. I don't. I. It's. It's. Uh, this I, is, these are, it's, all right, so Langrisseer 1 and 2, uh, the demo for that package is releasing on the eShop. Uh, and it's, uh, I can pull the date, or do you already have the article? I, I don't have it here, no. All right, let me just pull it up over here. So Langrisseer 1 and 2 is, uh, I think, a Super Nintendo or a Genesis game I'm or maybe not, a, I don't know. a late NES game. Uh, these games are old. They got remade on, Probably I think... Probably the Vita or something. Uh, PSP, perhaps? Yeah, one of, those, one of those things. Uh, and then they got brought over to mobile, and I think the version that's coming to the Switch is the updated mobile version, uh, which has uh, additional voice acting and graphics that's probably based on the PSP or Vita one. But I'm excited because Langrisseer 1 and 2, I've never played the franchise, but it, it's pretty much... Fire Emblem. I was going to say, it seems like it's th- those are games that are right up your yeah, alley. Yeah, And um, no, these are not AAA games. No. no. <laughs> like, these are games that are that are old. Yep. They're old. Uh, but good. You know, they, they are worth, they're, uh, I think, worth re-releasing uh, to a, to a new, newer audience. Uh, but, you know, they are, they are old. Yeah. Uh, so, they say they, here... Yeah. The, all right, so there's a bunch of, like, editions. They're just talking about the, the game in general, but I'm trying to look for the demo. They said that the demo is going to be soon, and that's it. So keep your eyes peeled on eShop, but the dates I see listed here... For launch. Uh, and this is, for, yeah, for launch is March 10th. Uh, so March 10th, US, and then 13th for uh, Europe. But March 10th, that's not far away 
at all. Nope. And that's that's actually a pretty good time, knowing what we know so far. Right. March having something like this land March tenth, I'm actually pretty happy about that. Okay. Uh, because it fills in the gap, uh, the void of emptiness. Look, I'm okay with voids because I was I, on, I, got, I got my void badge because I survived the N64. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I, I got plenty to play anyway, so I'm not yeah. I'm not you know I'm not yearning for games. I just I yearn for games. You know yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, I, I buy games just to put them on my back shelf to play. You know, at some point, whenever. Um, but yeah, we we got. We got more rumors? Yeah, this rumor I am so excited for. I thought we had mentioned something like this before. uh, The original post is from Reset Error, but I'm just going to read the article from my Nintendo News. Uh, So there is leaks. So a leaker on Reset Error stated that a 2D Metroid and a traditional traditional paper mario game is going to be coming to the switch this year what is traditional paper mario game does that mean like a a new paper mario game i think what that means is because nintendo went on record uh stating that the mario the paper mario franchise uh leaned uh is intended to lean towards uh, a less RPG mm-hmm. sort of uh, play style, whereas the Mario and Luigi franchise was going to be more to fill the RPG uh, the hard, side. More of the yeah, the more like Super Mario RPG side of, of gameplay mechanics because they didn't want the two to overlap mm-hmm. because that would be cannibalizing themselves. Well, as we know, the company that does Mario and Luigi has went bankrupt. Right. Uh, so they're gone. That franchise is who knows what's happening with that franchise. It's, it hasn't been successful. Well, they they don't take the franchise with them. It's just that they were the developers, right? Right. But I'm saying, franchise. like, the, just the fact that the developers are gone, I doubt. And also, why would Nintendo like put in their awesome developers' time and effort sure. on a franchise that is that hasn't been doing well, even though the games have been scoring well mm-hmm. right? uh so my guess is now that the, uh the mario and luigi stuff is out uh that leaves and a lot of fans here's the other thing a lot of fans have been asking for the true successor to super uh super mario rpg or super paper mario paper mario, paper mario. 2 thousand year door the sequel to that paper mario 3 let's have it not super paper mario that was okay not rpg enough why can't we have uh what's wrong with color splash have you played a thousand year door i have i want to but you like everyone seems to just gloss over color splash like it's like the worst thing ever it's not the worst thing ever no it's not but Thousand, I, Thousand I, Year I, Door is one of the best RPGs. I understand that. I understand that. It is that. phenomenal. It's just in the Paper Mario series, I guess because of Thousand Year Door being so... That's that's exactly dominant, it. Dominant. Yes. Like, paper, uh, Color Splash just gets cast yeah. aside. That That's exactly it. Like, there's there, there are things that Color Splash does a little wrong. Like, oh, of like, course. I mean, but and, that's... And it's that's not be- that very RPG heavy. No, it's not. It's not. Oh. But like you said, Paper Mario series is more geared towards the, the casual kind of like the it's uh, there, like uh, thousand year door is like some good legit awesome solid rpg the the word is awesome the thing that color splash has against it is that it came out in the wii u and it, in, in its implementation of the wii u gamepad kind of you know i don't that, know that I, I think that's it, the biggest thing with but it. i think the thing the biggest thing against it was it wasn't an rpg right it is an rpg 
it's just not it's like super light rpg it's it's it, it walks like a line between rpg and something else and so what's that something else is super paper mario <laughs> okay yeah it, it's kind of in that envelope like i i played through like half of super paper mario and it, it just got boring there was so much dialogue in super paper mario so much dialogue well there isn't as much dialogue in color splash it's it's more a mix between some sort of a, an adventure type of game and an rpg but more adventure side yeah of things but but as you were saying yeah thousand year door excellent so to me that's where they're going to put the next paper mario iteration because color splash uh the paper mario franchise hasn't been doing as well as the earlier iterations the first one and absolutely the second one Mm -hmm. i don't know which one sales wise is the most successful it might be super paper mario because it released on switch which was a huge install base right um but certainly i don't think uh color splash did as well as super super paper mario or paper mario 2 thousand year door so they're probably gonna lean towards that because now the rpg mario rpg uh universe universe or whatever is now open there there is no cannibalism that can happen there so there's opportunity there and i already know that the metroid game that in question is uh a super metroid remake made by the same people who did samus returns that would be cool or yeah samus returns samus returns return of samus it's samus returns Or it could be Return of Sims. I actually don't know. Yeah, and, and, and the, I think the two remake. And I think add in some of those little like tweaks that they did with uh, Samus Returns oh, it, it would wasn't be little. awesome. It wasn't little. It was it was some fundamentally good uh, additions. Mm-hmm. The the full three sixty gaming. Yep. Awesome. Wasn't as big of a deal, but it was a really nice deal. But more importantly, that melee combat and the parry the the parry parry system that they have in there solid and it made the game faster more aggressive and it felt dangerous yep it was great yeah the only thing that hurt that game was the creature variety was awful yeah and and i think you could say that with a lot of metroid games anyway uh creature variety no uh metroid games have well i'm talking i'm talking 2d 2d not not like you're talking about really yeah yeah absolutely i don't think so super metroid had a lot of creature diversity we'll 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 look that up look at the different uh yeah i could probably count on two hands two hands the number of unique i'm not counting like different colored yeah i think that's what you're gonna get it's just like different color palettes i'm talking about like like clearly a different species uh, rather than a palette swap i can count the number and on two hands for metroid 2 uh versus super metroid is probably in like the 30s or 40s if i had to guess i really don't want to forget we're going to do this after the show after the show we seem to forget a lot of these things we got to do that all right i am going to say super metroid has triple 10, the, uh, no, I'm going to say 10 triple, different enemies. Triple the amount that Metroid 2 has. All right, we'll see. All right. And we're going to discard uh, uh, sprites, like palette swaps. Yeah, 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 of course. Okay. Oh, boy. I hope <laughs> we're not putting money on this, thank God, because I am broke. This would be a fun little anything. thing to get into. Uh, there was a comment about Microsoft wanting to do more Switch stuff. Uh, expect more Microsoft exclusive stuff to come to Switch. Really? That's that. Like I mean, that, I, I, yeah. well, recently, uh, is it Phil? Yeah, Phil Spencer and maybe the, some other people uh, from this Xbox was, yeah, went this over was to from Japan. Tom Phillips. All, this, this particular comment was from Tom Phillips. Okay. Well, they went over to Japan, but then not much was known as to why. Yeah. 
so maybe they're trying to get some first party things going on. It was to visit Nintendo. And also there's they're doing a big push push with their uh or they're gonna do a big push with their streaming service. Mm-hmm. And the switch is prime for something like that. If they can get like a, with XCloud? Yeah, XCloud. Yeah. If they could get uh that streaming service to run legitimately on the Switch, are you kidding me? That oh, means that opens up the door. That opens up the door for all like that's how Cyberpunk 2077 will be on Switch. That is how. But that's game you know and that is game streaming. Yeah. But there there is a fundamental flaw with the Switch's networking capabilities. It's not as robust. It's it's not a strong Wi-Fi signal. No. So I have thankfully I have the the USB uh, the dongle dongle Watch to sort of land land it up land cable it up. This is a kid show guy. Okay, <laughs> you said dongle. I did say dongle. Well, that's because I'm in the biz. <laughs> well, we are in the biz, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean that'd be nice to see some uh, Microsoft um, product other than a Minecraft or Cuphead. That's I mean that's yeah. currently their first party games on. Well, not. Minecraft is no longer first party, but it's owned by Microsoft. Well, also, uh, that Ori. Ori, yeah. Ori yep. and the Blind Force is yep, yep. out right now on Switch. Excellent game. Very Metroid-like. Uh, and then the new one, the sequel, is coming out sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's, that can run on Switch. No question about it. Sure. The first one can. The second one can Should absolutely be able can. To. Yeah, right. If Wolfenstein 2 can run on Switch. like yeah. That's like the benchmark right now? Is Wolfenstein it's too? It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's it's a good looking game. Oh, I got I, I, I kind of want to play that, but I still got to play Astral Chain. Astral Chain. You know what? And I and I had said when there was a price drop, I was going to get it, and I totally missed out on one. It was thirty dollars. What? I missed out. And you on didn't it. get it. I missed out on it because um, I was like, ah, oh, I'll just wait for. Well, here, here's the story. Okay, so Amazon <laughs> UK had it for thirty dollars. Ships anywhere or ships to the u.s i didn't do it because i'm like all right i'll just wait for that to happen in the u.s yeah never happened totally missed out in the uk version wow so it was 30 bucks i could have gotten it i mean obviously it you know been... it's region free right i know i know that i know that and you know i just so... figured i'm like that sale will come over here so what are they charging for it right now uh it's like easily 40 bucks maybe 50 bucks yeah because you know when that game first released it was a full it... price game it was, mm-hmm. but if you got it from Walmart physically, if you went into the Walmart store, it was ten bucks off. Right, and that's what I did. Yeah, same yeah. same thing for Fire Emblem too. I right, no, they seem to be doing that. that, that kind of um, yeah. because uh, Amazon's not doing the the discount anymore. Yeah. I, look, if Walmart ki- continues to do that, I will go there every single time mm-hmm. to pick up these day one. These I'm pretty sure that's up. that's their going to be their their thing. Yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, but yeah, I totally I'm getting missed the game anyway. Uh, right, you're getting the game, but I totally missed out on Astral Chain for thirty bucks. Eee, man, that a, is the sale you're waiting for too. I'm a dumb dumb. Yeah. I know a few people that picked up on it too, and I was just, I'm like, just, I'm gonna be patient. It's gonna come here, and it never did. Uh, we did kind of touch up on this with Bioshock Collection yeah. uh, coming over. Now, do they do they have a time frame on that? Is that also kind of March, April ish? Let's take a very quick look. I'm I, hoping it's it's coming out. You know, it would be nice if it came out in February. Because uh, that's that's pretty much exactly when I would want to pick it up. I'm gonna have to zoom in on this. And, and you think this is one of those things that were kind of maybe scheduled for a uh, an indie or yeah, an indie have, direct? Yeah, it's listed right now for um, ooh what? 
Well, these these are um, oh unlisted. Okay, yeah. So not there is no official date. Um, It's a little loose, but it is coming. But yeah, it's coming. My guess is uh, when the inevitable direct happens, this will be one of those like. And also, like I one mean, last thing. I mean, and these are these some of these things are prime for you know available now. And you know, Bioshock. Have you played any of the Bioshocks or I, any of the Shock games? I played uh, the first Bioshock, and okay. it actually was uh, a little terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? So you never played? So one of the best RPGs of all time is. Let's not throw that word around like it's like nothing. You know. It's legitimately one of the best on PC. Okay. Is System Shock 2. System Shock, okay. 2. Dos. Dos. They're very important because the first one, old. Second one, old, but, but bearable. Uh, but bearable and bearable. apparently better, best? Oh, way better. Way okay. better. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Bioshock is basically simplified System Shock 2. Okay. Uh it kind of removes a lot of the RPG. So if you were to take Bioshock and add in the RP more RPG elements that you would want, it would be System Shock. It would be System two. Shock Two. System Shock Two is phenomenal, but the Shock series—they still have the essence of System Shock Two mm-hmm. in there. That DNA is still kind of in there, more or less, uh, less on the RPG side. But man, like, don't disregard these. Uh, because they are first-person shooter-esque games. Because if you like RPGs, action-y RPGs, uh, or like Elder Scrolls-style mm-hmm. games, you're probably gonna like Bio uh, Bioshock if you haven't, if you've only heard about it, and never played any of them. I don't think I was ready for it. I think that was my problem. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, it was it almost had that survival horror type of feel yeah. to it. So. I was a little little scared. Yeah, that, that's very much System Shock 2 is like survival horror RPG. The shooter elements were not good. Right. But they were good for the time, but yeah, it was it's quite something. I was I was too scared. Yeah. Too scared to move on. I don't know what my problem was. And then now, the last of the news. Well, you want to quickly mention us? You can quickly mention that. Yeah, uh 2019, so NPD sales data came out. You can actually see uh, a video from Matt Piscatalia, I think his name is. Watch your mouth. That's his last name. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) uh, He does, like, uh, monthly videos on his YouTube channel for uh, reporting on the uh, sum of the NPD results. And uh, he also did, like, a summary stuff. It might have been posted on his Twitter account or whatever. Uh, So follow him or his YouTube stuff. Uh, and yeah, turns out the Switch was dominated the entire year of 2019, dominated the holiday season, dominated December in particular, just dominated the whole year, uh, and was the only console, and kind of expectantly, to have uh, a positive uh, growth. Mm-hmm. And also, not only was the growth positive, whereas the other consoles regarding their like sell, uh, uh, the amount of consoles that they sold ha- is less this year than what it was the prior year. Yep. Whereas Switch, it was more this year than a prior year. It the growth amount was higher than what it was the prior year, which mm-hmm. means an upward trajectory of sales. Uh, which means the the growth is increasing. the The growth rate 
is increasing on this on the sales which means that the total sales of consoles the total sales of units is picking up momentum and it's continuing to pick up momentum and that's an important thing because developers pay attention to these sales sure numbers. well i mean we're also at the uh kind of in the middle of uh the switches generation cycle whereas Xbox and PlayStation, they're at the end of their life cycle. Yep. Um, I also want to say that if you're watching the video version of this, your hand movement, when you got, when you start talking about <laughs> NPD numbers, like you, I don't, you become like some sort of like, con, like orchestral conductor. Yeah. You got angles and figures yep. with your hands. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I thought you were going to hurt yourself. I played too many Wii games. <laughs> Wii music just ruined me. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it totally, it makes sense, right? Because like I said, you got you got generation uh, life cycles at their end, then you got the Switch kind of in the middle of things, kind of, you know, so. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yep. Now for the last bit of news. Last bit? Genshin Impact. Uh, yeah. Now this, this story actually, um, I forget what conference it was. But man, they they had a lot of uh, hate hate because of this game being essentially a Breath of the Wild clone. Now I say clone; it, it's it's got a, a totally different protagonist. Uh, but the aesthetic, as far as the environment, like the environment, is essentially or looks very similar to Breath of the Wild. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at an updated trailer. A very short trailer at yeah, that. No, that's a very. If you if you watch uh, any sort of gameplay, you definitely get that feel. It's got the same sort of stamina um, and heart. Oh, does it? Yes, it, it's it's got the very similar mini map. It, it's it does some things different. Actually, I don't mind the aesthetic, and 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 some of that maybe is because it oh, reminds wow. me so much of Breath of the Wild. Yep, uh, but. And, and I think this was a Chinese developer uh, where copyright rules don't really apply there. Yep. Yep. Uh, but oh, oh, a spirit orb. <laughs> but it looks it looks okay. Yeah. It, it looks okay. And, and again, like I said, most of that is probably because it's it very, very reminiscent of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it, it looks very empty. The, right. uh, the world itself um, like breath of the wild now breath of the, of the wild had like little nooks and crannies like sure. you're you're it it, it, it was it like tempted exploration yeah it was like uh deviously it looked it looked empty but it was devious about its look because it wasn't actually empty it was actually pretty jam-packed with stuff a lot of different stuff yeah. sure so that is uh, genshin impact uh i think that's already released in and in china yeah and it's so the new trailer basically announces that it's coming to Switch and PS4 and probably yep. some other stuff. Yep, as well. and, I'm, and I'm sure it'll it'll have its its backlash. Now I don't mm. know if they have or if they will get any sort of copyright anything with this. Uh, I have no idea. Nah, they're not. They're, I, I think no you way. think they're safe. Yeah, they're so when it comes to like copyright stuff, it's mostly. Um, like art, something that's visual, you cannot, it's very, very hard or near impossible to copy gameplay elements. Um, it's, it's, that's where you get into the realm of uh, patents mm -hmm. and patent protection. You have to be very specific uh, and uh, down to like, sort of like how the code is executed. Right, Some, right. Something like that. Yeah, I've seen, I've specific. seen some things uh that have uh 
gone to court because of code. And I think yeah. some of it was Bethesda too, but yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah. This, you know, it's obviously copying from breath of the wild, but yeah, there's no, Oh wow. It, it's even doing the, the set the grass on fire stuff. Yep. Yeah. This, this water is, elementals there. The, oh, uh, man, what are they called? The ch chub, ch chubble, it's a little, whatever. It's a little painful to see the, the amount of blatant ripoff that this is, but when it comes to copyright protection and stuff like that, they're in the clear. Yeah. I don't see anything here. They would have to use assets from Breath of the Wild, and they're not. They're, no, they're, they're not they're using copying assets. copying design, and uh, that's fine to copy design for the most part, um, unless Nintendo did something truly unique, and they would have to file a patent ahead of time, and they would have to, the big kicker is they have to wait for patent approval and stuff like that, so. Right. Yeah, they're, they're in the clear. Who knows? Maybe it's a good game. I, I, I'll have to watch that re video review. Look, they're copying one of the best games of all time. But, uh, I mean, you can copy. Actually, the best game of all time. So, they only have uh, down to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Genshin Impact uh, is, I don't know when they're, when they're set to come. But, yeah, just take a look at that game. Let us know what you think. Yeah. That is going to do it for news. For today, uh, we do uh, have not. We don't have any listener questions. But if you did have any listener questions, you can email us at podcast at switchrpg.com, or you can go on a Discord server, go into the podcast channel, put in a question um, if you have any. Uh, you sh and you should send them to us because uh, I actually like the questions that we get from the readers. It's, yeah. uh, it makes us scratch our heads a whole lot. And I and I can't be scratching my head too much. I got no hair. Um, yeah, we very much like those questions. Yeah. Now, moving on to up some upcoming RPGs. January 23rd, we have Sinless. I believe Sinless is a uh, bit graphic type of uh, game that's... Oh, man, how do I even explain this game? Um, take a look at Sinless. It, it's, it's not for me, uh, but it doesn't mean like it's a bad game. There's a lot of games that aren't for me. Um, I don't know that that is uh, it. Is this looking like it? I don't think so. That's a sinless two, but it, uh, it could be. Maybe I'm thinking of a very different game. I think this is sinless. Okay. Uh, well, it, it looks, looks like some a, sort of a visual novel. Yeah, I was about to say visual novel. Kind of a postmodern type of visual novel. Uh, pseudo uh, cyberpunky. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay, so I was off on the on the big graphic. I must be thinking of something else. I'm not yeah. sure. Then we have uh, January 24th, Worlds of Magic Planar Co Conquest. This is a tactical RPG from the mobile universe. We do have someone from the staff reviewing this game. From what I've been told, they're not so fond of it. Um, they the, the controls are kind of bad, and the combat is kind of not there either. So... You know, take that for what it's worth, but it's called Worlds of Magic Planar Conquest. And, and I believe it originally was a was a mobile game. Not to say that that's, that's bad, but it, it's kind of got your... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rocking that Fire Emblem graphics. It definitely, <laughs> it's got the Fire Emblem uh, <laughs> Battlefield. Um, but like I had said, they were having a tough time with controls with this game. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's the. That is the, a lot of tabs on a spell book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, that text box. Why would you want to put that in there? At what point is that information actually useful? So, so yeah, what what, uh, what Johnny is talking about is he's watching a video. Yeah, I'm watching a video of this game, and there's a... Um, MMOs do this a whole lot, where they'll put up uh, a uh, text box of the combat log, um, and it'll show, like, damage numbers, like, uh, Sword Wielder 2 dealt 10 damage to enemy unit three or i'm whatever. surprised you don't like that i mean i i don't think it's necessary not for a console game but and to it looks like it's it's potentially a, a default thing that's on display right hide it let i am make all it an in favor option. yeah exactly make it an option hide it at first let the hardcore enable the bells and whistles that they want but for the most part combat logs are pointless mmos useful because it, it helps it helps you figure out like mechanics, right? If you're trying to puzzle solve a raid boss or something like that, combo logs are great for that. But for a game like this, like uh, if you have to have the user review the combat logs, then you have made a very unintuitive uh, game presentation. Like, it, it, well, I think yeah, maybe it's the you know the issue with game presentation, or maybe it's just because you know they see it done everywhere, and that's kind of what. Yeah, they're doing absolutely absolutely most of the bad stuff that gets done in games is because they're not thinking they're 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 they they apply monkey see monkey do and right. uh you know game design instead of rethinking thinking from the perspective of hey yes all these other games did it this way we'll just do what they do uh instead what they should be thinking is these other games did this is that right or is that wrong can we either improve it or and, just get rid of it and should that should we even follow that for our own game mm -hmm. like you it got, may not be necessary yeah, you should iterate many many times and think that the things that are being done aren't the correct thing that's that you should do so that is worlds of magic planar conquest uh then january 30th is skellboy which like i had mentioned we are doing an ama on our discord uh, I'm currently playing it on the YouTube channel uh, as well, uh, and we are reviewing it on on the site. Then we have Aviary Attorney. Now, this is actually a, a very different looking game. Yep. Um, it looks like a novel, uh, basically. It's got that uh, that I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, it's it's got a uh, lithograph yes. art style. Yeah, lithograph art style. Um, but there's it's mostly I think it's mostly just dialogue choices. Uh, I don't think there's any combat in this in this game. Um, I believe everything is is voiced, and the characters are all you know they're all animals. They're all birds. They're all or, birds. Or aviary aviary yes, oh. aviary attorney. Yeah. Okay. There's hawks and and crows and, and chickens, roosters. So yeah, it's it's a very different game. Uh, I mean visually. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen. It, it looks like it has a, a hub element to it. They're probably riffing on um, Ace, uh, Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, I, I never, I never played any of those games. So this actually, you know, simple gameplay ish sure. to to a certain extent so far from what we're seeing, but it's done presentation wise very well. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, if you like Ace Attorney games, I would definitely keep my eye open on that one. Aviary Attorney, definitive edition. Yeah. So that would lead me to believe that there was like some DLC involved in this, or like in a previous release or something. The the Maybe? naming of it is a little 
like sketchy because they are like clearly spoofing really hard on Ace Attorney. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. And then we have our main topic. Yeah. Now, we've actually have a couple of main topics. I actually want to divulge what, because I want to talk about this next week, um, about our, our next triple R. I've done triple R with other things, but I, I, I want to finally get, because we've had this on the back burner for such a long time. Yeah. So our triple R is remake, remaster, or refuse. And the three games are Dawn of Mana, Legend of Mana, and Children of Mana. Yep. So we're just going to put that out there. I want to see some discussion out there as to what you guys would do. Would you remake, remaster? Oh, what games would you remake, remaster, or just get rid of altogether? Of those three specifically. Of those three. Dawn of Mana, Legend of Mana, and Children of Mana. And if you don't remember... Uh, Legend of Mana. Uh, don't, a, don't 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 show your hand. Oh, sorry. Legend of Mana was <laughs> no, no. a PlayStation I'm not, not, game. I'm not talking physical hands. I'm just saying because I want to discuss this. Oh, I see the metaphorical oh, hands. metaphorical hands. You can yeah. show your hands. Okay. You show them off. Show them. I proud. can't talk otherwise. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was a PlayStation game. Legend of Mana. Yes. Uh, Dawn of Mana was a PS2. PS2. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, Children of Mana. Children of Mana. That was a uh, that was a, a remake of the very first, right? Am I getting? Yes, it? Final Fantasy II Ad, uh, Adventures. Yes, on the Game, Game Boy. Boy. Yep. Game Boy, uh, which was actually the first ch- uh, of Mana game. Yes, that's the the OG, as some yeah. would say. And they remade it for why did it say DS? I could have sworn that was on Game Boy Advance. Children of Mana? Children of Mana? No. Uh, here is it Heroes of Mana that was DS? Oh, Sword, Sword of Mana was D, uh, uh, Game that's, Boy Advance. That's okay, the that's Sword of Mana. Yeah, but, but what we want to know is what you, what you guys would do. Yep. So these three games uh, in, in particular, which one would you remake, remaster, remaster or refuse? Just get rid of all together. Yeah, so... Refuse is, you know, don't touch it, just ignore it, right? Uh, right? To define remaster, all that means is don't touch it gameplay-wise. Keep it the same, just HD graphics. Like what they're uh, doing with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive, uh, Definitive Edition. Edition. Exactly. Uh, and remake just means a port. give it the Resident Evil treatment that's not a point no oh okay I, so I remake, uh, remake so as remake, the yes, big yes. effort yes yes so you're talking trials of mana that's real uh, trials of out, mana exactly um as well as resident evil, resident 2. evil 2 yeah or yeah. uh yeah well yeah those, those are the best examples <laughs> yeah those are the two that we could think of right, right now so uh i do want we've had that on the back burner i think for at least four five episodes uh i want to get it out there i'm gonna I'll put it out on twitter see what you guys what your thoughts are and uh, we'll discuss hopefully next next episode. Yeah. But for this episode, we want to talk about some MMOs. Uh, it's been a while since I've gotten into MMOs. MMORPGs. MMORPG. Yes. Sorry, I, I I shortened that up a little bit. Well, like all the time. Would you consider World of Tanks an MMORPG? It is just an MMO, uh, massively multiplayer online game. Yes, exactly. I don't know what kind of game All you're... Right. Okay, fine. So we're specifically talking MMORPG. My apologies. Yes, MMORPGs. Okay. Um, 
There was a recent article, uh, Ben, on our site. He had some some of the things he'd like to see that that are in MMOs, commonly in MMOs. He wants to see them brought into single-player RPGs. And most of them are probably may be already in there. Uh, and But most of all, I, I think uh, they all kind of make sense. Um, he wants to see some rewarding, resourceful uh, gathering. Or, I'm sorry, rewarding resource gathering. Uh, he wants to also see some type of... Uh, meaningful crafting and 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 we'll, we'll get into each one of those things in a little bit and then he also wants to see some kind of rare monsters slash kind of events um brought over again he wants to see those type of things brought into mmos some of which may already be there he mentioned a, f a few things uh um mostly do uh mostly with final fantasy 11 which i have zero experience with yeah uh and and it to kind of re reiterate it's it's to see those elements incorporated more into the single player right rpg experiences right so th some of the those are some of the things that he would like to see now we were talking kind of discussing before we uh got on here what would some of the things we would want to see in brought over into single player or, or rpgs more importantly the things that are worthwhile to bring over sure that are unique or exclusive to mmorpgs right and yeah what we kind of got to or at least the very first thing that blurred out of my mouth was just the whole aspect of multiplayer well and 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 that's the thing so you're you're wanting to bring an aspect of a massive multiplayer game into a single player you're just yeah. bringing over multiplayer so i mean yeah. that kind of defeats the entire purpose of it but it, but when you do that you can add on so many different yeah. different things and, and and in my eyes that is the only thing that truly separates truly separates uh a single player traditional you know rpg of sorts not even traditional just a, a single player rpg experience from an mmo that's like the key magic mm -hmm. that's like the secret sauce that clearly separates the two because with that aspect of multiplayer and i'm not talking about like four player co-op talking you know more more than that like you know 30 40 100 200 500 uh on a server that type of experience that is the secret sauce that's clearly missing that you do not get from a console or whatever uh single player style rpg uh you miss that and with that is a whole slew of stuff mm -hmm. raid bosses and 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 coordination guilds interacting with people just the community stuff uh player-driven economy systems. I, I think that's one of the, if we were to bring anything over from the MMO world, I'm sorry, I'm going to say MMO, okay? Yes. No, no, we can shorten it. Okay, now we can shorten it. it. Yes, can. All right, cool. Um, if there was one thing that we could bring over from the MMO world to the single-player world, I, I think a player-driven economy would be the thing. But how, how in the world do you even do that? Like, how do you bring in a player-driven economy? Yeah into a single player game you make an mmo right so i mean you, you can't bring it into a single player game they've tried it's called diablo 3 and right uh, no oh yeah and they totally people took it either either took advantage of it or it was just broken yeah the people that took advantage of it was you no the blizzard team yes um like blizzard took advantage of it on the behalf of the players so the players were exploited doing all the work and 
Well, Blizzard made it required for people to spend money to get good gear to actually have meaningful progression to your character when mm -hmm. that was never a thing in prior Diablo games. But that's also... That's and they charged a premium for so it. So that's a player-driven economy a with literal money. I'm talking yeah. just in-game. It's just... I don't even know that that could, could happen. Yeah, um, right, 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 yeah. Um, but we actually... You, you brought up a game that I had never played before. Yep. That has some of these aspects that Ben was talking about. It has a meaningful uh, kind of like a currency system or a uh, not currency system. Oh, geez. What is the word I'm looking for? A player-driven economy? Yes, yes. It has a, a player-driven economy. Like fully player-driven economy. Like a for real one. No, yeah. no. Yeah, no. And as well as a um, something that I'd like to see in, in, in single-player games. And we kind of do is kind of a, like a classless kind of system right i think we also discussed that but with star wars galaxy yeah you would mention that they kind of have a player or had that had yeah that was that was pretty much the premise of that mmo it was super experimental it had issues lots of bugs and server connectivity issues and stuff like that uh but you can't fault its ambition and it was ambitious and what they had was uh they had this economy this completely player driven economy and perhaps other mmos like eve uh has this i haven't played eve i've played a bunch of mmos i've played final fantasy 11 i've played star wars galaxies i've played another one called uh beyond earth i don't know it's, it's this galaxy exploration you pretty much you're not really an avatar, although you do have an avatar. Your avatar is actually a spaceship, but you do have right. a person, but it's, you're really just flying your ship around. Um, World of Warcraft, other ones. Um, but Star Wars Galaxies, it's every player could, could have a, a couple of specialties, and some players were good at gathering up raw resources. And that would then be traded uh, for other players who had access to other things. So it was like very barter heavy. Yeah, bartering and system. the reason why is because the person that would, let's say you wanted a house and you could take this item that would convert, auto-populate a house and you could put it pretty much anywhere on a planet. You could go to a different planet, you know, buy a house on planet A, fly over, you know, teleport to planet B and plop down a house anywhere. You did not need to go to a designated, you know, this is your house area we have designated for you, for it for you. And when you go into your house, you enter this new zone, you zone into it, right? It wasn't that. It was part of the world itself. So when you plop down that house, it is now persistent throughout the world. Other players can interact with your persistently placed house. That was cool. But in order to make this house item, uh, it, which I believe the architect was the job class specialty, whatever they called it back then, uh, they needed the a bunch of components, blueprints, or whatever, uh, in order to make that final plop down the house object and that was made by like engineer uh classes that specialize in engineering woodworking whatever whatever like other classes that were then provided by other classes that gathered like the raw materials and resources and stuff like that so you had a whole lot of kind of simulating a realistic 
real world economy mm-hmm. or at least an early iteration of a real world uh real world economy where it was all very barter heavy barter driven of trading of these resources because no one was able to by themselves uh make the items that they needed uh for stuff like better better weapons better armor better uh uh, like there was an armor smith, there was a weaponsmith, right? Stuff like that. Um, so you had to rely on other players to make the things that you needed, which means you were constantly interacting with people. You're, you know, doing shouts. Uh, you're, you're looking at you're a you know, salesperson essentially. You were a salesperson, or you were a customer uh, mm-hmm. looking around shopping for other salespeople, and that led to a very interesting uh, player, very much player-driven economy thing. There were like some things that were service jobs. Uh, I played as a <laughs> dancer slash musician. You were, and, you were in the ser- service industry. Yeah, and, and the way I made uh, my, uh, I forgot what the, the currency was, uh, but it was purely from tips from other players. Yep. So it was like, it was a very unique experimental thing. Now, in order to do that, in order to get something like that into a single-player game... Offline. Let's just say offline. How the heck do you do that? You can't, because you need the multiplayer stuff. So, like, a lot of the the secret sauce... If there could be, like, some developer who just, you know, he he scripts this thing out so perfect and, and like, in such a way that it just works. If they could just somehow make that work into a single-player RPG, that would be phenomenal. I think that would be cool. Well, it wouldn't be a player-driven economy. Though. No, I mean, but something faux, something similar, you know, to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, could it could it be where it's not so massively multiplayer, but, you know, in my game, okay, whatever game it is, in my game, I'm a crafter, um, but I could also play the regular RPG game. But in this game, um, I craft, all I do is make, uh, I'm a carpenter, okay? So I just make a lot of wooden materials, but I can also sell it online or you know some component it's not an mmo per se but you know there could be some sort of economy that way yeah well <sighs> say for example you take uh stardew valley i, I know that's yes. one that you mentioned yeah. right uh so i got this farm that i'm i'm wasting my life with trying to just keep up i got all these turnips now i can trade all these turnips put them in on like an auction house not not a diablo auction house yeah. but some sort of online auction house you could potentially work in a player-driven economy that way. Yeah, you can. Uh, it's it's technically already already done in Animal Crossing, where, for example, your village doesn't have access to uh, most of the fruits from fruit trees, uh, and other people's villages do. And you would trade, uh, send an email or, or uh, not an email, but a mail a notice or whatever with with uh, the fruit inside the mail. Uh, over to some other player's village, uh, some other player, they would get it, and now they would, lo and behold, have access, if they were smart and buried that fruit, they would have access to that unique fruit tree sure. that they can now grow on their place. Is, so, there, is there some sort of saying, all right, I'm going to give you these 10 apples, but I want, you know, I don't know, four logs or whatever. Yeah, but that discussion would be would happen outside of the game. Okay, or could I mean I I think it could something like that could be in, um, could. Yeah. you know within within the game, but you know then then you could have some sort of player driven economy that it, way. It would be much slower though if you were sure, to do yeah. something like that. So what you would do is you say, hey, I have access to these things. Uh, you post it on some sort of like 
kind of like a bulletin board system. Yeah, I say auction house, much but yeah. slower, uh, instead of it being very fast and rapid, like, uh, like a MMO has their economies, mm -hmm. it would be a much slower one where you're posting something on a bulletin board and other players post their items uh, and sort of prices or whatever, what they're looking for in exchange. Right onto that same bulletin board, but at that point, you're getting into an auction house system. Yep, and that's essentially, or maybe you could counter-offer, say, no, I'm gonna give you this, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's the way to maybe potentially get some sort of an auction house. You could do it with a standard MM, I mean, standard RPG, say, say in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, if they had that sort of system, uh, you know, trading weapons or whatever, something. Well, well we, don't, we don't want an auction house system in our single-player games. I don't want it. Well, I, I'm just talking for people who want maybe a player-driven economy. That would be the one way to do it. Uh, to get it without the multiplayer aspect right. is pointless. I, it, it's the multiplayer aspect that makes that interesting. It's not It's not the nature of having Right, prices. it's the interaction with people. Yeah, yeah no, I know. People, I, I totally understand people, that. The, the unique roles that those people can do that you can't do, so you have to rely on them to provide the services. But even then, you get into the people that are going to exploit the system, roll 10 characters, and, you know, automate factory farm the hell right. out of whatever resources. I don't want to get into what you've done in the past. That wasn't me. That was that was <laughs> that is some of the aspects no. that break these MMO games. Right, no, and I, and I totally understand that that yeah. happens. Um, um, going into some sort of a, a raid boss or some sort of, a, you know, kind of like a rare monster type of thing. You had mentioned, and I, I totally missed this. I don't know how I missed this, but yeah. say, for example, in Diablo or Diablo 4. And again, I, I missed this aspect. I, I totally yeah. didn't see it. So there could potentially be where you have your four-player co-op or four-person per, per, party, and you're doing your own thing, and then an event happens or yeah, a raid boss happens yeah uh i i forgot what it's called like a world let's just call a world it a boss? world monster world boss okay and then any uh, people online or whatever would also see this happening and then yep. you can all converge at the same area and then all of their separate sort of uh, instances i forgot what they call it uh not threads but like fractures or whatever okay. whatever they're they're they would merge together and they would all populate into each other's game so there are different splinters whatever it is that they call it uh of hey me and my party of three friends or whatever will merge into the world of someone else so all these players are going to meet up at a certain spot within the world and then the servers will connect those players seamlessly uh such that now you went from just four players smashing a bunch of monsters to you know 16 i don't know how many but let's say 16 players smashing right. one big giant world boss for a very temporary uh event that will probably take you know 10 15 20 minutes to do and i then mean it's that, over. that does essentially bring you into mmo territory yes, yes but i mean it's there in a what for the most part is a uh not a single player but you know a more traditional just offline well one, once again that is that is the thing that i'm talking about when i say uh what needs to be brought over from into the single player is multiplayer is the multiplayer right but yeah, then yeah. that brings you into something because when it comes down to like uh killing some random non-required you know big bad that's running around the world 
that is a very epic level big bad that's been in rpgs forever right right yeah no that's definitely been um but what i would be really interested in is more like kind of like secretive like rare monsters like that's been an MMO tr- triggered but right no it has been yeah. but i want to see more of that yes yes more of that would be nice like a lot of like uniques like mm-hmm. that that's not new that's no, been, that's no, definitely. Been done. No. It's first been done in single player RPGs, and then it got into MMOs. Like, it's not a lot of the stuff that's being done in MMOs uh, aren't unique. A lot of the stuff that's that's being done in MMOs that MMOs have owned as like you know their thing is has actually already been done in right. single players. They're just borrowing from one another, uh, except that MMOs borrow way more from single players right they but they they have the ability to take a little bit of a a, like a certain aspect of a single player uh experience and kind of turn it on itself but they do borrow originally from that but they're the thing that they're turning on itself is the mmo the the multiplayer spin Mm -hmm. and that is what makes mmos truly unique so you know if we were to take these mmo elements and the ones that we could take to incorporate into our single player games, well, it if it isn't multiplayer, then there's kind of nothing to take. Yeah. Cuz I've seen it I've seen it all done before. Right. There's but, nothing there's nothing unique in MMOs that hasn't been done in one art one single player RPG or the next. It's it's definitely yeah, it's definitely hard to find something uh that hasn't been done yeah. before but there are definitely some unique aspects that mmos have kind of developed on that would like to see kind of brought I, over but, i can't think of any i yeah. honestly can't think of any because there are and i could think of lots of single player stuff that cannot be done in mmos tons for mm-hmm. example just radiant historia that is no, not you can't. being no, done in no, MMOs. No, no, no. no you definitely can't do that <laughs> uh mass effect probably could maybe but I don't see it happening, and I haven't seen it happen. No, that'd be hard because of all the different exactly. dialogue choices exactly. that take you different places. That's, you what, that's what I'm getting at. There's like way more stuff that's being done in single-player games that MMOs just haven't done or can't do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, take a look at that article. Um, are there any aspects of MMOs you'd like to see in single-player games? But that is going to do it for today, guys. Woo, that was a whopper, man. I thought this was going to be quick. I was hoping. I, I, I survived. I, you did survive. I was only hoping because I, I thought I for for sure I was going to just be coughing all over you. But uh, Not a single cough. It was a couple I held back on yeah. uh, where I had to make you work a little bit. You had some magic like fluid juice in there. Uh, that's, just, that's just coffee. That's just co- just it is coffee. magic. <laughs> it is very much magical. Uh, so yeah, that's going to wrap up today's episode for the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to everyone who wanted to send in their questions but didn't. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com. And you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts. You can do this to me every single time. <laughs> uh, so your support would be amazing. And finally, you remember, head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, peace out.